You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. We don't have any new callers, so let's get started with Victory Vic. Brian, a Victory Vic. What's up? Feeling so victorious right now, but you're real. Proud of the boys, the team. Give mad props out to the out there and putting it up on the line and in all my expectations for what the Packers could do this year. Uh, all about Joe Barry and the defense that, you know, it questions moving forward. Uh, go. You guys. Uh, 20, 2025. Little baby. I think I missed most of the important words in that, but I appreciate the call victory, Vic. And, um, yeah, lots of reasons for optimism, that's for sure. Hi, Ryan. This is Randy from Minnesota. What's up? I wanted to give it some time to uh, set in what really happened the other night. Um, I am still thankful for the season. I'm happy a lot of what we needed answered this year got answered. I go into this off season. Our cup is more than half full. We have so much to look forward to in the next years. Yep. Um, and we have an off season with no frickin' drama. Oh my goodness, when's the last time we can say that? Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's funny because I, I talk a lot about how much I love the drama just because, you know, I'm a podcaster and we need something to talk about and it's exciting and it makes it kind of fun. But I, I feel like we've replaced that with just raw optimism, right? There's still plenty to talk about. We don't really need the drama. I mean, I'll take it to supplement uh, what we have now, which is just, I mean, there's, there's, there's going to be a lot of talk about the Packers, not surrounding controversy, but just surrounding, Hey, if you're looking to buy in on a team, this is the team right here. It's the Packers. 
and that I think is going to dominate a large portion of the uh, media cycle and give us plenty to talk about. And as well as a lot of hot ta- hot takes, I think they're going to regress. I don't think it was very good. Oh, they were just a nine-win team. What's the big deal? They were a seventh seed, and then they got bounced within you know a couple games. Whatever. There's going to be plenty for us to talk about, even without it. So, uh, very true. Last night, it sucked a lot. You know, we had the game. Um, oh, and by the way, did it, I just saw online pictures on that fourth and one. A, it was a bad spot, but B, before the ball was even snapped, if you look down the line, San Francisco was offside. Oh, imagine that. No, it doesn't surprise Isn't me. Isn't there supposed to be a referee looking straight down that line? Uh, guess he must have blinked, but that's not the sole reason we lost. Um, right. Anyway, it's going to be a glorious off season with a lot of positives. Next season, this team is a team to watch out for. So... I'll keep listening, keep the chin up, and we will be fine next year. Anyway, thanks a lot for everything you do. Go back, go. Bye. Yeah, and, um, you know, I, I I don't know if we'll get to it tomorrow or not, but one of these days I want to get to, you know, Rich Eisen kind of breaking down, would you rather have the Packers or the Texans or whatever? Um, I mean, in and of itself, the fact that it's just a discussion, the fact that it's like if you had to buy low to sell high on a team, Who's it going to be? The fact that the Packers are one of those teams this year, um, it really just does point to, I think, what everybody acknowledges for the most part, aside from some Bears fans and some other, uh, you know, knuckle-dragging people that refuse to acknowledge reality, um, that the Packers are are one of the teams that have the most to look forward to right now. Hey, it's Jimmy. Uh, All right, so I've slept on this a little bit, and uh, I'm still pretty listless, to be honest. Um, I am... Still drained uh, from last night. That was it. Took uh, all, I don't know. I put all of my energy into that game. I can only imagine how drained those guys must be. Um, I've heard you talking about Joe Barry, and I don't want to get into a big debate either. Uh, I do also think that the Packers probably will keep him because that's the way they do. But I think what would be exciting if they decided to move on is that it would feel like they were pulling out all the stops to make this team as good as it can be. And if they stay with Joe Barry, I think a lot of us would feel like they're not quite pushing it as far as they could. Um, that might be right. That might be wrong. We're fans. What do we know? But uh, I, I heard Clayton talking about how all the numbers have gotten better each year that Joe Barry's been here. Uh, and he, he threw out some numbers and they support that. There's been some improvement. Um, and I see the argument for, con- for continuity and building and not starting over and installing a new thing. But at the same time, it's kind of like keeping Joe Barry feels like playing Joe Barry defense. He <laughs> gets a little bit like playing not to lose as opposed to trying to like push the envelope and getting somebody in here. So. Uh, I think we're all hoping we're ready to push the envelope. Go back, go. Yeah, and a lot of the the discussion I think has been focused on scheme, which I think is is misplaced. It's a lot of like, let's get away from Joe Barry, let's get away from Pettin, let's do the other thing. It's like, well, there's nothing really wrong with what Mike Pettin employed or what Joe Barry is employing, and I'm not I'm not going to argue that they're the best tip of the spear thing right now. 
But it doesn't matter. It just comes down to execution. And the question for me is, I would have no problem with Joe Barry if, if you could answer me the question in the affirmative, which is, can Joe Barry execute this scheme to the best of its abilities with the guys that we have? In other words, get the best out of your players and maximize the players from within the scheme. And I don't think anybody could honestly say that, yes, that that's that's the situation. We we believe, we trust that Joe Barry will give us the best possible version of the Vic Fangio defense and get the best possible result from the players that we have. We've never seen that. All we've done is sit back and say, how can we be so bad with, with such good players? How could that happen? I don't understand it. How, how do we have guys that have proven to be so good that just can't just suddenly can't play? We're not getting the best out of anybody. If anything, we're getting the worst out of everybody. You know, I mean, I look. Everybody's banging their 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 chest about the Ravens. I'm fine with the Ra- getting somebody from the Ravens, but you know that how deep the parallels are between what the Ravens do and what Mike Pettin did. The 49ers. Let's go do what the 49ers did. I mean, there's a lot of parallels between the 49ers and Joe Barry, especially when you look at the things that people hate, sort of the taking away the big plays, focusing on that as opposed to just raw aggression. And I feel like some of the discussion is is turning into what we saw with like the whole, we need to play more man. Why? Well, we play a lot of zone. It's not working. So zone sucks and man is better and we should play man. Come on, guys. I couldn't give a crap what scheme we run. I mean, again, I'm sure there are preferences. The NFL trends in certain directions. We know this, right? There's ebbs and flows. I mean, there's there's, there's evolution in the NFL, and, and there are offenses that are dominating, and we need guys that can head off current NFL offenses. But even that is not good enough. You find a guy that is a master at whatever is going on, which, you know, Joe Barry never was, but let's just pretend he was. There's also a, a, a secondary question, which is, okay, so you've come in, you've maximized the guys we have, which is fantastic. You've developed them. Um, you, you've, you know, got them to understand and, and work from within the scheme, and you've maximized the scheme to the best of its abilities to neutralize what current NFL offenses are doing. Great. Now the next step. The offenses have now adjusted. They've adapted. They've now learned how to beat what it is you do. Can you then adapt from there? Or are you just a mimic that's like, I, I don't know how to like create something new. I, I just I just run what the other guys did. I don't know. I don't know how to innovate. I have no idea. So that's that's more or less what I'm looking like. I, I don't I don't give a crap. And that's part of the reason I like some of the young guys, because, you know, yeah, old guys who did a good job 10 years ago. OK, what does that have to do with what's going on right now? And, you know, I mean, if, if, if you can be a, a if you're an intelligent guy that knows how to get the best out of his players and are a great play caller and game planner and innovator, you get the job. And I don't care if you run what Joe Barry does or Dan Quinn does or, you know, if it's the Ravens or the Browns or whatever. Everybody does something a little bit different and everybody has some some form of overlap in terms of what everybody's doing. So I'm not looking for the magic pill scheme. Like, oh, they, they, they got a great scheme. How do you know? Well, they were the number two defense, so they have a great scheme. Maybe it's not the scheme. Maybe it's the players. Maybe it's the coaches. Maybe it's the, the culture. You know, sometimes it's just a really good fit. You get a guy that's never been very good, but he goes to the right place at the right time with the right people and the right players, and it just clicks. And you take that guy away from that, and you put him in a different situation, and it's, it's just not right. It doesn't fit. And, and you know, unfortunately, that... That takes away all the fun of everything where we try to like analyze who, who it should be and, and break down what, what's the scheme and what's this. What 
There, we don't know the answer. The answer is unknowable. If it was knowable, they would just hire the guy right today. The Packers would know it. They'd hire him. It's, it's not knowable. You do your best to try to figure out who can check those boxes, and you go from there. You have no idea how this guy's going to fit with your locker room, with your players, his ability to get the best out of his players, the ability to adapt your players to his scheme and to, to coach and to get them to understand and execute it, to adapt your players to the scheme and, and then to adapt your scheme to each individual opponent and then to adapt that to as the NFL adapts to what you do, can you adapt back? And like, there's so much going on way beyond like, let's get away from Joe Barry's scheme. Like, I, I, okay, whatever. I don't care. Not really the central issue for me, but whatever. Hello. All right, that call didn't work. Seth in Iowa, what's up? Hey, Ryan. It's Seth. Um, I have a whole lot of things I want to say, but I'll try to stay on topic. I, um, I of course, was very pissed off right after the game, and even last night I landed that I'm like, man, this sucks. And I think... This is such a weird thing, but I think it's harder because of how close it was, and we should have won. Mm-hmm. You know, if we threw quite a few opportunities away. You know, the oh. love pick at the end of the game, you know, that sucks, but he was trying to make a play with time or not, so should he have thrown away? Yeah, but I'm not going to hold down against them. The other pick hurt. He missed, uh, I think, Jonesy on a check down, too, on one of those last drives. Um, but the bigger things that hurt in my mind were the missed field goal. Um, you know, we blocked struggle for them, so by missing one of our own, we kind of erased that huge special team play we had mm-hmm. of blocking their field goal. Um, but I think the biggest killer was the defensive um, dropped interceptions. Um, but I just wanted to – yeah, I'm thinking, I think it would have been, like, less hard if we, they just blew us out. I'm like, well, we're good and we're young. We crushed the Cowboys, but the Niners just amazing. But I think um, – that's like my emotional side. That's stupid. Right. We should be ecstatic that we should have beat the Niners and can play the top teams in the NFL already, even though it sucks that we lost. Um, it, you know, it hurts because if we got past them, could we have won it all? You know, I think that's a real possibility. That's that's the the, the singer. But all in all, we have to be super happy. You know, when I we started the year, I told uh, my wife, I'll be happy if the Packers make the playoffs. That was my gauge. Um, you know, Jordan loves first year and I felt like that meant he would be pretty good or at least have a chance of being good. And I think we all agree Jordan loves the lead. And, uh, a lot of his games, I, I think he even, you know, looked better than Rogers has at times or at least over the last years. So that's awesome. You know, going into the draft this year, I think we need to, this is just my take, but I think you let Nixon go. You probably let Bot go, not only for money, but also to let Rashid grow. Um, Probably going to give the safety room as much of a clean start as we can. You know, who knows about Anthony Johnson, let him stick around, try to develop, maybe bring Jonathan Ford back. Or Rudy Ford, sorry, mix mm-hmm. those two guys up. Um, but if I'm looking at who we draft, and I hate giving players to defense, just because I feel like, I don't know, I'm frustrated with Barry because I feel like he has six good games a year and the rest of the year sucks. And you just never know when you're going to get a sucky game. And I felt like we were too conservative last night. Um I actually didn't think their defense was that good. I felt like their offense just was bad, especially Purdy was bad. Um, I'm going to get close to three minutes. I want to keep that back going for a second, so I'll call right back, and then I'll try to end on that one. Yeah, we'll get to part two, but just just on the the note early on about the – it hurting more. I, I think, and you acknowledge it's kind of dumb, but, you know, in the short term, I agree. I think short term, 
like in the moment would the pain have been less? I mean, maybe, especially toward the end. I mean, you know, the, the over the next week, just reflecting like, man, this should be us. We should be the ones that are here. We can't believe we blew this. In the long term, you know, a month from now, we're not going to be reflecting back saying, man, I wish we got blown out. It is so much significantly better that we went toe-to-toe with the 49ers. And that and most people will acknowledge the Packers were the better team, should have won that game. And, and the idea that if the Packers and 49ers play again, that the 49ers should be 10-point favorites is kind of nonsense. And that overall, in the big picture, is a, is a massive plus. Hey, Ryan, it's Seth again. I was talking about Purdy on my last call. Um, so Brock Purdy actually um, went to college at Iowa State. I live in Iowa, and I actually live about 25 minutes from Iowa State. So I'm an Iowa State fan. Okay. And I will tell you, like, this year, Purdy has been way better than he ever was at Iowa State. And uh, most players in college, you know, your level of competition is lower. So I personally am not convinced that Purdy's that good. I think he's in a really good system. I think he's a smart guy that can read, um, you know, read a system or understand the system well. Um, and guys like that can be really good. Don't take me wrong. And this is not a, a shot at Brady. I shouldn't even say this. Someone's going to kill me for this, but... Brady wasn't the most elite arm talent. He was just a wizard. Yeah. Um, super smart. And I think, I don't think Purdy will be anywhere near Brady. So I'm not saying that. I'm just, to comparison wise, he's a smart guy, not a talent guy, in my opinion. Um, I definitely think we have a top three quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, my, the fan in me wants to say the top quarterback. Um, you know, Lamar is good, but he's, there's a lot of running there. There's injuries that go along with that. Mm-hmm. So maybe Lamar. I don't want Josh Allen. He throws too many picks. And uh, I think Love is better than Mahomes this year, which is a hot take. But um, I think we need to feel good about that. But I started to talk about the draft in my last call. And I uh, I think we need to focus. Um, I, was, I struggled to give defense any help until I feel better about our defense coordinator. And my take on that is Barry got better, but – we're a young team, so if we're not 100% sure he's the guy, and I hope nobody's 100% sure he's the guy because I don't think he's been good enough. I think we try to get, you know, somebody in from the Ravens or something. Because if you're going to reset that defensive scheme and it's going to take a couple years to get learned and to train teach the guys, do it now. Don't wait until 2025 and the defense loses the playoff game for us. And Jordan Love going into his prime. And uh so get that new guy in now, let the team learn with him. Uh, but back to the draft. My my gut is stick with the offense so we get a better D coordinator. I do want to improve the O line. If you get a really good receiver, maybe take a shot or two, but I'm pretty happy it's receiving core. So where do I see the biggest gaps on our team right now? Um, I think safety is obvious. Actually in corner is potentially a big gap. Valentine was fun, but he didn't get out that good, so you keep him around if he turns into something great, awesome, but I think Nixon is likely gone. Um, Stokes, I just don't know with all of his injuries. It's so hard to come back from. And um, So safety, corner, maybe D-line, and then I don't know how to feel about Anders. Hopefully he can bounce back, but maybe we need to look at a vet there. But uh, I'd love to improve the Three minutes got him, but, um, yeah, I mean, there, there's we're in a pretty good spot where we're going to be okay no matter what, but there's, you can pretty much make improvements almost anywhere. 
So I think the Packers are going to have a lot of flexibility to be able to stick with what they do, which is, you know, taking the best available player and just trust the process. Trust that we're going to bring him in. We're going to, you know, we're going to coach him up and, you know, maybe we get lucky year one. If not year two, year three, we're going to have some real studs on this team. We're going to continue what we're doing. We got a long-term vision. Um, the only thing is, you know, once we do get a new defensive coordinator, um, there may need to be some changes, right? I think with with uh, Joe Barry, there was maybe an emphasis on linebacker. And I like I pointed out on the podcast, a lot of these candidates are DB guys. And so there may be, you know, for example, a, a safety emphasis, especially if you're talking about um, some guys with versatility, guys that you want to be able to play on the back end and also drop into the box when need be. You know, you might have a guy say that's kind of a requirement. And if, you know, we're going to try to get that in the draft, if not, um, certainly free agency. So that'll be something to kind of keep an eye on is is what is the emphasis of the new defensive coordinators um, defense and where are the deficiencies that we have? Because I think that might be one area where Gutekunst, they're always going to take best player available, but they may be aggressive in moving around to make sure that they're in a spot where it just so happens to be that the best available player is exactly who we want to be able to to run uh, our new defensive scheme. I think Gutekunst has done that. I think with Petten and with um, with Joe Barry, even if it means like breaking norms, for example, getting Quay in the first round or whatever, if that's what it takes to be able to to get the best out of what it is, you know, you do, then we're going to do it. You know, Mike Petten was very much about the defensive line and getting those guys, and we were very aggressive, uh, especially in free agency, but also in the draft and making sure that we've got a strong D line. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. It'll be real exciting. Um, be able to talk about that. Obviously, as soon as we get a new defensive coordinator, we all just sprint over to Jake and say, okay, Jake, who's the guy? Find me the guy in the draft that's going to be able to do what we need. Hey, Ryan. It's me, Pedro. from Brazil. What's up, man? You all right? Man, I just got up. I could only sleep 4 a.m. Because I... First, I was really angry, and then I... I just got sad over time, you know? Yeah. I can't look into the roof, remember some plays. That call some field goals. That was a big one. That fourth down in this, the beginning of the second down, the second quarter. The two interceptions that hit one of our defenders in the chest and we mm. didn't grab it. So, yeah, I, I, I just got sad. Uh, I'm not winning anymore. I'm just sad. So, yeah. But, Trying to give a, a little of a positive spin. I, I know that that's not what most people would be doing, but we no, no, nobody thought we were going to be where we were. Nobody thought that we were going to lose to the 49ers for only three points, having missed a field goal, having some really bad calls from the refs, um, not grabbing two interceptions. So, all in all, it was a pretty good run and a really good season if you compare it with our expectations, you know? Yeah. And in the beginning of the season, we were talking about that our Super Bowl was knowing that Love was a good quarterback. And you know what? He is. Yep. I know he he, he, he threw uh, an interception in the end of the game, but that's pretty normal when you have one minute to turn the game against a pretty good defense, especially pretty good passing defense. 
kids and with a young team. So I'm, I'm not that upset about it. I still think that he's the guy, he's the dude. And yeah, now let's start looking to the off season. Um, we have a lot to be to be confident about next season. I, I do believe our team's gonna step up. Maybe if we had Tom the the whole game, if if Watson were were healthier, um, we, we this could have have been different. But I do think that we need to start looking at the kicker position, and Russia needs to step up, man. That was not good. Another game, he needs to do more. So yeah. The defense is pretty good, but I still don't trust Barry. I don't know if we're going to keep him or not, but, yeah, let's see. I do believe that this next season. Tell you what, this is kind of weird, but I think I forgot to take a break, so why don't we do that? We'll get back to the second part of Pedro's call. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Ryan. I got cut up in the third in the three minutes. So, yeah. What I was trying to say is <clears throat> it's different from the other years, you know? When every time we, we, we lose in the playoffs, we lost in the playoffs in the past few years, 
I felt like it was going to be really hard to be in that position again, to be as good as we were again, because we were in Cattel, our team wasn't that young, and we were losing players left and right, good players. And, yeah, it was like, the feeling was like an opportunity that I didn't know if we were going to have it again. But now it's different. Now I feel like I'm actually excited for this season. I feel like we we can and we will improve, you know? It's, I don't know. It's just different, you know? And, yeah. I I think that this young team as well, now it's the first playoff loss of many of our players, most of them, especially in the offense. And I think they will have that chip in their shoulder, you know? Just like Trigger Will had with the the Chiefs that he said that this game was circled for, for a long time. I, I feel like this time next year or next time we face the forty niners in the, the playoffs, it will be the same thing. So and I think that our, all, all the other times that we lost to the 49ers in the playoffs, it, it just doesn't affect this, this group of players that much. Yeah. People are there, you know, it's, it's, it's different. And, yeah, I, I do believe that we have a bright future. And, you know, as I said, I, I, I'm sad that I'm not as angry as I were years before. So, yeah. Now it's time to start looking at the draft and see what, how we can improve this thing. I'm looking especially at the secondary and most tackle positions in the first round and some offensive line in, in the subsequent one. So, yeah. That's it. Let's start the preseason. You know? So, have a good one. Bye-bye. Well, you definitely sound sad, Pedro. I'm not going to lie. I know you said you're tired and whatnot. Um, so, hoping you're feeling a little bit better. But yeah, dude, there's there's a lot of reason to be excited, and you're right about the 49ers. Um I don't think that this team is is affected by what happened in the past. They certainly didn't seem to be. I thought that they handled themselves pretty well. Again, obviously lost the game and everything, but there was never a point of frustration where it's like, man, we just can't freaking hang with these guys. But uh, yeah, Fuaga, Terry and Arnold, Quinion Mitchell. I think these are guys we're going to be talking about quite a bit um, in the very near future here. Also got guys like Tyler Newbin, the safety, maybe a little Chop Robinson action. It's going to be good. Uh, good morning, Ryan. This is uh, Bill in South Carolina. Hey. Calling um, after a restless night's sleep after last night's game. Um, what a what a year! What a roller coaster! Um, a lot of good things coming up, but last night's game, a lot of missed opportunities. Um, you have to pick the you have to get those picks when they come, and Forty um, Nine ers just. Just made a few more plays than we did when it when it counted. Yep. 
Um, but overall, great, uh, great year, great future. Lots to look forward to. Have to get rid of the kicker because you're not going to be a contender without a kicker. And, um, of course, uh, Joe Barry and staff, they have to go and, uh, get that taken care of. Done. And hopefully, I mean, I really like LaFleur. I think he's a great offensive coordinator. Um, but when the bullets fly at the end of these games sometimes, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on with him. Um, it's starting to be kind of a pattern. Um, hopefully he can rectify that. Um, that last play that Jordan had, I just don't understand why everybody was just running down the field like wherever they were going. I don't know. It was, looked like a real discombobulated play. And, and then he had a very, last thing I expected was uh, the Favre-like uh, throw over the middle from him, uh, the way he's been so great, um, taking care of the ball and making decisions. So I got nothing uh Nothing but uh, praise for uh, for love for this year and uh, for the future. So no bad uh, no bad things about any of that. But anyway, um, been great uh, listening to everybody calling through the show, and uh, it's been a really good year, uh, very positive, and a lot of fan bases would trade places with us. Oh yeah, right now a whole bunch of them, probably around uh, at least twenty five, twenty six of them, at least. So uh, we got that going for us, and go pack go. Yeah, I mean, a lot to learn from, for sure. I'm sure, you know, Matt LaFleur has a lot to learn from um, in, in terms of the personnel that he has and how to utilize them and, and you know, just, just figuring this whole thing out moving forward. Jordan Love has a lot to learn. Obviously, all the other young guys, um, there's plenty to learn from there. But uh, there's a lot of reason for excitement as well. I, I think Matt LaFleur did a fantastic job. Given the circumstances, especially um, Jordan Love, I thought did an unbelievable job. As did a lot of the uh, the receivers. Uh, Aaron Jones down the stretch was just freaking elite. So um, yeah, Packers are in a fantastic position right now. Hey Ryan, uh, Pac-Man Jersey Jim here. Uh, I just got done watching the re-airing of this game, and it's just it really is a bitter pill to swallow, man. Uh, a minute seven left after pretty much winning the whole game. Yeah. I mean, I can't really be disappointed. I, I thought we played a good game. I honestly, I honestly think the better team left the field that night, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. I, you can't be really too disappointed with how they played. They had a good year. We just kind of shot ourselves in the foot with the kicking which is a whole nother story. That guy, oh my God. At this point, I'd rather have Gronkowski kick the damn thing. <laughs> uh, I think a paraplegic could have kicked that 41 yard chip shot, but we'll see, my friend. Uh, should be an interesting off season. Can't wait to see what happens next. There's just a couple pieces of this puzzle we gotta fix and, uh, I think we'll be alright. Anyway, go pack, go. Talk to you later. Yeah, I mean, we're we're all right right now. I, I mean, there's definitely a lot of things you worry about, but I think every team has a couple things that you kind of look at and go, oh, that that could be a problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, we're we are in a position now that if Gutekunst really hones in and locks in on a couple things, and kicker might be tough. I know everybody just just get rid of him, and get somebody else. They're not going to do that. 
they're going to do what they always do, which is exercise patience. Um, so that, that's not an option. And so um, unless he's just completely terrible and so one of the guys that we bring in is actually really, really solid, um, I don't think that's going to happen. So, so there is a situation where potentially, you know, um, there is a bad thing that, that isn't going to get fixed, I guess. But I, I think for the most part, the expectation is they're going to keep him because they expect growth, just like with a lot of guys, you know. They didn't give up on Rashawn after a year. They didn't give up on a lot of, you know, Mason Crosby, his first year was awful. Didn't give up on Jordan when he got here. That dude was terrible for a long time, and look what he's been able to do. And so they'll look to the other areas of, like, we're probably not going to get there unless we rectify this. And and again, for me, honestly, the biggest thing, and I'm not saying the Packers have to do this or they're stupid and goody cunts. No, I I mean, best player available trumps everything. I don't want you to reach for some third-round guard in the first round, just because I think that's that's maybe the area where we can get the the biggest improvement and do that in the first round, just because I'm some freaking dork that does mock drafts and prioritizes position over everything else. But I, I, I think, you know, when you look to free agency and things, if there are opportunities, I would love to see just an absolute massive upgrade on that offensive line and not just pass blocking, which is the most important, but run blocking too, because just absolute sheer force of will and everything that we try to do is, I think, I think that's the mission. Hey, Ryan, Daniel from California. Hey. Man. Like, that was some pretty special football. We didn't get the result we wanted, but that was special. And I was there. The rain wasn't that bad, right? Like, there, I think they have turf. Their turf was kind of slippery, but people weren't falling and all that. And the officiating wasn't the best, and a couple bad spots here or there. But like we played championship football, and considering we were just hoping to be relevant, and somehow we were more than relevant, we belonged. That's all I ever wanted. Like I don't. Like, I know we all are just strive for the Super Bowl, but I just don't want mediocrity. And you could say that loss is mediocrity because of the mistakes, but that, that's just moments of, you know, just, they're just moments of mistakes. And the one thing I had messaged on the live stream, I don't know if it made through the, all the signal was all taken up, right? But, Legacies aren't made over time. They're made in moments. And even though the way that game ended with Jordan, he outplayed Brock Purdy. And, yeah, I live in California, and there's Niner fans everywhere, and I think they're losers. (laughs) But he outplayed Purdy. Purdy threw two interceptions and only one touchdown. Yeah, it doesn't say interception on the stat line, but he threw two. Jordan... Unfortunately, through two as well, but Jordan was the better quarterback. Jordan sat there with pressure in his face, and I'm just so proud of him, man. And we got five top 100 picks, so we're going to go and build this team to, because I, with the roster, like, who do we draft? Like, I don't even know who we're taking. Are we taking tackles? Rasheed played lights out. Are we going to, we're gonna we're probably I mean, we're not gonna take a guard with our first pick, but second rounder, we're, we're gonna get one of the best guards. Like it's just it's so bright. Everything's gonna you know everything's gonna be okay. 
we're all hurting, but I'm okay with how everything ended. And I'm just, I'm just so proud. So anyways, go back though, guys. Thank you for everything, Ryan. And I love this podcast. You, Clayton, Jacob, and Jake. I think I forgot to thank Jake earlier, but it's, yeah, thanks to everybody. So go back though. Well, I appreciate it, and I agree. I mean, to be fair, um, you know, when we say Jordan Love outplayed Purdy, it's like, well, that's true. Purdy also played like crap, which I know you acknowledge that, but it just I just want to be clear that it it wasn't exactly the battle of the Titans that I, I was kind of hoping it was going to be. It looked like two freaking chickens clucking a doorknob. Don't ask me how you cluck a doorknob, all right? But yeah, plenty of, uh, I feel like I'm just saying the same things over and over again because everybody else is saying the same things over and over again, but plenty of reasons to be proud of the team, excited for the team, and I appreciate the shout-out, Daniel from California, and for hanging out on the stream with us. Hello, caller number five here. What's up? Um, Just real quick, I am in California on a vacation, but I wanted to call in about the game. Hell of a season, hell of a game. Uh, I don't know, I know a lot of people are upset or whatever. I feel fine. This is a... Great first step. Um, a lot of the losses in the playoffs in the past have felt like the end of something or like, oh, that was super devastating because we should have won. We should have won this too, but it also is the beginning of something. And uh, I think Good is about to go demon mode and absolutely go all in, which I think he should because um, we have the we have the horses. We just need a couple uh, a couple more additions, and I think they're going to do it. Hell of a season, though. God bless. Thanks, everybody, on the, on the Packing It After Dark uh, squad over there, all the callers. Chris from Alabama, I hope you drank enough. <laughs> Jersey Mike, I know you're going to be upset, but I hope you have the, the same perspective as, as I do and as uh, I think everyone should, is that this will be a bright future. And it was just one tough game. That's all I got. Take it easy. Well, I appreciate it. I'm glad you're feeling all right. I'm actually very excited to start getting into, I mean, you know, we got a, a billion calls, as you can tell. We're still on Sunday. We're not even going to get to Monday. We've got way too many calls. Well, maybe we will. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, it's going to be a long time before we even get to the Joe Barry news. So, <laughs> like, it's just, we got to go through uh, 45 calls of um, kind of just expressing their sentiments of feelings about the season. But uh, you mentioned Jersey Mike, so uh, Jersey Mike, do you have a response or retort? Hey, Ryan, it's Jersey Mike. Um, you probably covered what I'm about to say right now, probably. but I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed. Waking up, I've been stewing with the loss all day, and uh, we, we, we were supposed to win that game. We we're supposed to win it. We, we had everything that we needed, and it just. Oh, if it wasn't mistakes that we were making, it was the rest. And I've been looking at Twitter, and I didn't see half of these bad calls. But um, that was that was bad. Um, did did it lose us the game per se? Yeah, but it also wasn't the only reason we lost. So at the same time, we should have won. Um, Jordan Love, dude, 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 dude. <laughs> dude. Um, you were the better quarterback in this matchup. You made some really bad passes at the end there. Um, but so did Brock Purdy. So, you know, and you guys were touted as like the two best quarterbacks besides Dak. And, and to see that, you know what? Dude, dude, you did. You did everything we needed to win. Um, everybody on the team did everything we needed to win. 
we could have done more to make sure we won. We should have won. I'm just going to keep saying that. We should have won. That, I'm, I'm, I'm believing that was a win, even though it was a loss. Uh, and, and even with all those boneheaded decisions. So, you know what? This team, he's got so much to look forward to. And I know that everybody's going to be saying that. But, mm-hmm. but realistically, like, where are we bad? Where are we bad that we really need a piece? Yeah. Nowhere. So we're just, we're going to go into the offseason looking to just get the best pieces and just in general. And I think good is going to go off again. And that would be awesome. So, uh, yeah, we've got a whole other offseason to deal with. We unfortunately don't get to the ball, but you know what? Life is still grand. Life is still grand. Let's just hope there's a, you know, a good future in front of us so that we still can enjoy some uh, Packers football. Anyway, uh, I go. Yeah, where are we bad is a good question. I mean, you could say, well, safety, obviously, or, or whatever. But, I mean, was it was it noticeably a problem? I'm not saying I'm satisfied with the situation, but do you remember just being like, oh, these freaking, like, we would be so good if it wasn't for these idiot safeties. Like, I just, maybe two years ago, it was more noticeable when we had, like, the worst safeties in the NFL. But it just, it didn't, to me, it didn't feel noticeable at all. So, um Again, lots of areas where we can upgrade, but I, there's not a lot of areas where I just feel like, dude, we cannot compete unless this gets fixed. We just can't because we can compete. You know, I mean, it, it's still going to be a question of, uh, you know, okay, but maybe you're on par with the 49ers, but let's say it's the Ravens or something. Like, you think you could overcome? And if not, where where would that upgrade come from? Um, speaking of the Ravens, by the way, I, I, I had a thought. If the... Um, let's assume the Ravens, well, they've probably got two more games coming up. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But let's say the Ravens go on to beat the Chiefs and they do a good job defensively of containing Pat Mahomes and stopping them. And then they go on to play the 49ers. They win the Super Bowl by containing the 49ers offense. There is not going to be a more in-demand group of guys than what you got in Baltimore right now. So that'll be something to keep an eye on as well when you're watching that Baltimore game is how does that defense look? And if they're getting the job done, then immediately all eyes, including some of the folks in Green Bay, Wisconsin, are going to be focused on those Baltimore boys. They're interviewing for jobs out there. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back and hear from Craig. Hey, Ryan. Uh, Sunday afternoon. This is Craig from Indiana. Um, sad day, as, uh, as you also reflected in your your podcast today um and i won't get into i'm sure what other lots of other callers are calling about whether it's uh the kicker or the refs or or uh jordan or whatever um the dropped interceptions uh there were a couple things i don't know if others have talked about and if they have then you don't have to address it um one is the, the fourth down bad spot um i know those are really hard to reverse but Matt was yelling it from the sideline that it's a bad spot. One of the officials did say it was a first down and had it somewhere else. Uh, the replay seemed to be very clear that he got over when they showed it, at least on TV. Yep. Um, so I'm a bit surprised, as critical as that was, that uh, we didn't challenge it. We obviously um, left the game with our challenges in our pocket. Well, I don't. I don't think we were able to in that situation because it's an automatic review, and I think they did review it. 
So that review did come from upstairs, and they decided to uh, to stay with the call, I think is what happened. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think that that was an oversight by Matt LaFleur. He was screaming about it. They did look at it because all turnover plays are reviewed. It was reviewed, and they determined that uh, it was fine, which is what made it even more egregious, in my opinion. It was also the first half, so even if you challenge and lose a timeout, I don't think that's a huge deal in the first half. Um uh, any comments you might have on that and the, the other piece of coaching I was very surprised at the end of the game when it was about I don't know two and a half minutes left that we did not call a timeout on the defense so typically that's where you want to use your timeouts um, when you know you're you know more than likely going to get the ball back because you can control the clock better when you're on offense um, and it seemed like we lost at least 20 seconds uh, by just allowing the clock to keep running. So I thought it was really poor clock management. And I, and I do think that put some extra pressure on Jordan and the offense because we had got it with like a minute, seven seconds left, you know, a minute and a half feels like a lot more time. Right. So um, any comments you have on that? So my concern is, is I'm, I'm excited about the future, but we all know how hard it is to get back. Rodgers never did get back and we had great seasons with him, right? 15 and one, 13 and three, several years. So it's just when you're that close, when you're knocking on the doorstep, and I know there would have been one more game, but felt pretty good about the game after this one. Uh, we just know it's hard to get back and hopefully people do take steps and, uh, it's more reminiscent of Rodgers losing Arizona and then winning the Super Bowl, but it's, uh, this, you know, all the other teams can attest to it too. It's just hard to get back, uh, into that position. So hopefully we have the, the right, uh, players and coaches to make that happen. Go back, go. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't recall the exact situation you're referring to down the stretch. Um, as we get further and further away from the game, I'm remembering less and less of what exactly specifically happened. But the, the only thing I'll say is, I mean, yes, you're right. It did put more stress on the offense to be able to um, perform. And because assuming I'm assuming we're talking about having less time down the stretch. And as a result, Jordan Love forced the ball when he didn't need to and all that. I mean, maybe to some degree that that's that that is true. Um, But at the end of the day, he didn't need to force the ball anyways. And it's entirely possible he would have forced the ball no matter what. I mean, he, he was in I need to make a play mode. And um, just made a really boneheaded decision. That's not to say that that Matt Lafleur did not make a mistake. Maybe he did. I don't know because again, I don't know the exact specific situation and what what the uh, conventional wisdom is on uh, how to handle that. But as I said earlier, it's all learning experiences. You know, I mean, there was a lot of mistakes made, and uh, the guy's just got to learn from it. And that's all. What's up, Ryan? It's Kyle from Madison. It What's is. up? I got the blues Sunday. And, I don't know, the Lions Buccaneers are playing right now. I'm kind of half paying attention to that. You know how it is. You know, mm-hmm. when, when the Packers lose, it's, like, so hard to have interest in it. goes down by about 900% <laughs> yep. once, once our team is eliminated. But uh, just kind of reflecting on the day um, yesterday in the game. And one thing I keep thinking about, this team has shown us this year that seldom – They seem to, how do I want to put this? They seem to learn their lessons, often the hard way, but once they've learned them, they seem to, like they really focus on 
learning the lessons and improving themselves. Um, especially our quarterback, we saw that when he'd get two two cracks at a team. Um, the second time was usually a lot better. Um, and I kept thinking about the way this game went. And yes, I obviously would have preferred we won, but I have to also remind myself like this is an experiential learning situation like that there just is no substitute sometimes for learning on the job for a young team and it's just for me a little unrealistic for myself to think that like they're going to know how to close that game um it just got a little bit too big and they had a couple chances you know to really do it and they just couldn't do it and i keep thinking that this i hate to even say it you know especially the day after you lose but it potentially could be a positive long term for this team because that is the exact type of game that if you can learn to win that type of game as a young team going forward, I mean, that is like the ugly, weird, just odd kind of game flow. There's a lot of strange things going on in that game. It's close. Um, you, things aren't going your way. That's the playoff game. That's the Bears game in the NFC Championship game, right, when we went to the Super Bowl. Like, it was weird. Caleb Haney's in there. It was fraught with danger. If this team can take this experience and learn how to win this type of game, they are going to be Super Bowl champions at some point. I really believe that. Um, because this is the – you know, you're not going to go and blow up the Cowboys and have everything go great every drive you know, every game. This is the type of dirty game that you got to be able to win. And so I'm kind of just keep thinking about that today. Like, all right, boys, go back, look at the tape, and learn how to win this type of game. You'll be champion someday. All right, go Peckle. Yeah, I guess I would say it, it, it's a positive but not a net positive. Um, in other words, it is a uh, – there, there are positives to be found in it, but – it's not going to be more positive than having just won the game, you know, because figuring out how to how to win the game is great, but slightly less cool than already being able to win the game. But yeah, I mean, they're a young team. They're very, very motivated. And um, maybe there is going to be some net gain in terms of pushing just a little bit harder. Um, I don't know, but I'm not worried about these guys putting in the work and um and coming back stronger and coming back better. I'm I'm very excited for what's going to come out the other side. What up, Brian? Say hey, Ron from Eau Claire. I just wanted to touch uh, Colin and just touch on some of the <clears throat> thoughts touch after Colin. the game last night. Um, definitely uh, a tough loss and, and one that stung for sure, um, especially with some of the missed opportunities that were present in the game, um, particularly the Darnell. Darnell Savage pick that wasn't, <laughs> that should have been. Um, you know, obviously the missed field goal was a, was a killer. And, uh, and then the Jordan Love, uh, interception at the end. I just, uh, I think, you know, if any one of those three plays, you know, is changed, it could have been a different result. Um, but at the same time, <clears throat> 21 to 24 is, to me, a pretty common uh, score for playoff teams that are evenly matched. And I think it's really cool to think that, you know, the Packers are already evenly matched with the top teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and able to compete and keep up with them. So uh, I think, you know, the more experienced team pulled out the victory, the more experienced team didn't make the crucial mistakes at the end of the game, um, and uh, the less experienced team uh, just didn't uh, didn't do that. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't think it makes it feel any better because uh, obviously we we know that the Packers could have beat the the 49ers um, for sure. But uh, anyways, just uh, looking forward to years to come, seeing what uh, what this team can be, and um, just knowing that they've built some confidence and that where where we'll hopefully pick up at the beginning of next season. Um, can be really exciting because then we could win some more games up front and have a better uh, overall opportunity to build um, opportunity competence going to the playoffs. So let's hope. Um, but anyways, uh hope you enjoyed the game. It was definitely a fun one, even though we lost. Well, you're right about the score. I mean, 21-24, it was, it was a, it was a nail biter. Uh, down to the end, and the Packers actually had the lead most of the game. They kind of just gave it away at the end. Defense was completely gassed and just couldn't get a tackle, couldn't do a single thing, couldn't get a stop to save their lives, and the offense just kind of sputtered down the stretch. And uh, you're right, the, the the more experienced team won. They just had a little bit left in the tank, and maybe that was from management or uh, or just just dumb friggin' luck. But they got it done down the stretch. But I, I just... You know, again, it's like we talked about before. It would have almost been better if if it was a blowout, and and there's a very small part of that to being true. But the big and exciting thing is, I can sit here right now and just say I'm really not scared of any teams in the NFL. I mean, I'm just, I'm just not. It's not to say I think the Packers are the best. I just I know that they at least have the ability to compete with anybody in the NFL, and that's awesome. And that's that's with no knowledge of what the 2024 team looks like. I don't know who our defensive coordinator is, what kind of scheme we're going to run what kind of players we're going to have, what kind of players we're going to draft, what kind of jumps guys are going to make, what kind of free agents we're going to have. I, you know, I don't know, but I'm feeling real good about it. Anyways, why don't we leave it at that? You guys have a good rest of your night. Um, our family is going to be taking a little mini vacation, so I don't know what that means for the podcast, to be completely honest with you. I, I There may just be a hiatus for a couple of days. I will try to get out. Maybe, maybe there'll be no interruption. I honestly don't know. But uh, if I disappear... That's why. But uh, it's just, uh, I think, three days. I don't even know. My family just tells me that we're doing it. I'm like, okay, fine. (laughs) So all I know is it involves a lake. And uh, it just dawned on me 30 seconds ago that I should probably go buy some ice fishing gear and show my son what that's all about because that could be kind of cool. So I got to figure out where to buy that and how much money that's going to cost and where the bait shops are and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Now I'm actually getting kind of excited because I haven't been ice fishing in a long time. Probably won't get anything, but just setting tip-ups, man. Be dope. I might need a f- new fishing license though. I bought one last year. I didn't go once. <laughs> huh. Whatever. Anyways, you guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you sometime. Have a good one. Bye bye.